Hi everyone, this is Archie Waterworth once again for my Sonic Transcendence show. This is live from Fresh Air Radio as well, and this is my 23rd show for Sonic Transcendence. And it's been, as I've said as always in the past, been awesome. And this one's going to be no different, I'm sure, for everyone listening. I've got someone on who's an upcoming music producer and DJ. He's a very talented man and He's got some amazing tracks for everyone to listen to today. Most of them, I think, are unreleased, which is always really exciting to hear. He's based from further south, so not in Edinburgh, which is always good to mix it up a little bit. So I'm really excited to have him on. And um, his name's Alec. Alec, how are you doing? And um, tell us a bit more about what your DJ name is and producer name is. Um, hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very kind words. Um, yeah, so... So I produce under the name Shaolin Cowboy, which sounds like a completely ridiculous name. Um, but it's uh, it's after a it's named after a comic book character that I used to love when I was younger. Um, so I sort of wanted to keep that going a bit, and it's a bit sentimental for me. So I've been through a few names, but that's the one I ended up sticking with in the end. It seems um, to be a better reason. Than, um, seems to be a better reason than most for what the their name choices are for like their stage name. Do you think? Do you think it came about randomly? Like, what were your first few choices that you had? Oh, God, I had some terrible ones. But, I'm, I mean, I, what did I have? I had, uh, I was DJ Potbelly for a while, which was awful. I was also um, DJ Hoisting Duck Rap um, after my love of, of that Tesco meal deal. Um, I've been, oh, my name was Tulen for a good month. Um, and to be honest, I probably would have kept changing it, but then things started to take off a little bit. And I guess you can't really do that once you start getting a bit of a fan base or it seems pretty counterproductive. But, um, yeah, I, I do sometimes think I'd want to change it again, but I think it's going to be this for the, for the foreseeable now. I think it's, it's a secure one. I don't think you need to worry too much about it making you look too embarrassing or a bit too cliche. So it's a good start. I was just thinking about your productions and, obviously a lot of the stuff we're about to hear is unreleased what about the first you know first few months and years that you started producing where does it all begin for you um do you know what it's, it's, I've only been producing for for just over a year um I've always loved music and to be honest it's I've got an uncle who um when I was younger just like I just adored him and he used to um take me like record shopping with him and give me cds and stuff and he really got me into it and um and one year uh, I think what it must have been when I was 18 or something um, for my birthday he gave me some of his old um, production equipment um, and it didn't, I think it was like a an MPC and like a keyboard or something um, really cool and then I just thought why not give it a go um, I'd never it never even crossed my mind before then but then just downloaded Ableton and sort of started from there and fully addicted it's so much fun um, but yeah I guess it's still early in the in the journey somewhat but that's the that's the basic background <laughs> of how it all came about. No, it's exciting. I like the fact that it's still quite new. I think considering the progress you seem to have made already, it's really promising. But what's it like having someone in your family who in the past and maybe now still is was and is as passionate as you are about music? Has it been a, the biggest influence on you and your music taste? Or do you think you've had other influences growing up that have been just as strong? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's weird actually because um, I think ever since I was like, maybe as early as like sort of 11, 12 years old, he would be like giving me all these CDs and like putting tunes on my 
computer and stuff. And I looked back the other day at some of the stuff that was on the head. It was so it's so odd. There's stuff like floating points and others like Theo Parrish and then a lot of hip hop stuff that he used to love. And I'm sure at the time I just probably hated it and was just sort of pretending to like it to be cool. But um, that must have been where it came from because I worshipped him and still do now. Um, yeah, and he's the, he's the only person I really care about when it comes to like people liking my jeans. Um, but no, I'm lucky to have had that really because I think probably without him, I wouldn't be into this thing and it wouldn't have got to this point. Um, but yeah, that's probably the... Family's definitely the best point of contact for anything to do with your music taste, your music production, anything with a nice sound judgment, which isn't, especially one who's older, because I think you obviously listen to your friends, but I think I'm not sure. I'd rather trust someone who's a lot older, who's also been part of your family for a long time. It's definitely something which I would definitely refer to as well. But I was just thinking over lockdown, how was that for you? Because you've obviously said you just started um, producing over a year ago. So I'm guessing lockdown was the best time for you to learn and obviously release some tracks as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Lockdown was a bit of a blessing in, in that sense. Um, I mean, obviously, it just gave me so much time to to just work on stuff to the point where it became a little bit like, because it was the only thing I had to do. Like, I almost wasn't enjoying it as much, but I did get loads of stuff done. Um, but it was also annoying because I finally started to, um, to like, have some people inquire about me doing, like, a set or, you know, a night. Um, but that's obviously been put on hold, which is slightly annoying. I'm sure a lot of other musicians are feeling that as well. Um, but yeah, no lockdown's been good, and I've just been pumping out the music and just sitting on so much stuff, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, it is. It's yeah. always good to have stuff ready in the pipeline. But, um, I was just thinking about the lockdown for a lot of musicians and artists at the moment. What was your, what was your routine during lockdown, and has it changed at all since return to slowly slow return to normality? Um, well, with my music making, like, I've got this weird like thing in my head where I've, I can only really make music at night, which obviously like completely ruined my like sleeping pattern during lockdown. Just having like feeling like I had nothing to do in the day, and then like all night I'd just be working. Um, but it was I managed to luckily do some lockdown with some friends, um, and again now, so there are some distractions, but I'm, I'm stowed away in the garage right now, just with my setup in here. So it's quite nice, but yeah, I'll just come in here in the morning and just start making stuff. Really. It's quite enjoyable. I'm, I think I'm one of the only people that quite likes it, which is probably not great. Um, it's quite intriguing that you said you're a bit of a, a bit of a night owl. How did that develop? Was it something you've done before, like for exams and general like schoolwork, or was it something, something that evolved randomly that seemed to spark your creative juices the best? Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I think a lot sort of the music that I produce seems to be like quite sort of late night listening, which is more, which might be why I'm sort of more in the mood to make it at those times. But also I think it's something to do with like, I don't know, maybe feeling that, feeling more relaxed in the evening when everyone else is asleep. I know that sounds really odd, but there's something in my head that makes that a thing where like just at those hours, like sort of one two in the morning just knowing that there's like nothing going on I just feel really like at peace and able to do it um which is nice but it's not good for my sleep at all <laughs> um sort of uh the blessing of being an artist or a creative you've got to I feel like you've got to sacrifice 
something good in order to create something out of it which is obviously extra special and also works within your your framework is it when you're producing your music in your little garage or wherever you're doing it and what tell me more about the setup for those listening is it very simple still have you still got the same equipment as your uncle gave you or have you been able to maybe upgrade a little bit or have you changed it at all yeah i mean i i obviously tried to use the stuff that he gave me at the start and i was obviously not using it to its full capacity i didn't really know what any of it was um and like the, he gave me like an akai mpc which is like um the sort of sampler that people like jay diller and stuff used to use which is really sick but at the time i just had no clue um but i've started to use that a bit and that's wicked but i got i got in this phase where i convinced myself that um i just needed loads of like really expensive hardware to make good music and actually like in reality i'd say apart from you know like a keyboard and maybe like the odd plug-in on my computer i i don't really use much else um i think like you don't really need a lot of really expensive equipment to make good music i mean the, the like software that i use ableton and even like logic as well which has got such sick things in them that like you don't even really need it um it's just more about your ideas and what you can do through that i think um but yeah i never really have a um a sort of system i just sort of mess about and see what comes out really and yeah it's usually made really late at night so a lot of weird stuff gets made um i think that's quite fun it is indeed i think it's something we'll be talking about a lot more after your first track so if you want to introduce your first, I think, hopefully unreleased track that you have for our listeners. So, yeah, go ahead and introduce it. Is this the first one? Is it going by the order that I... Um... Yeah, yeah, exactly. If that if that's your preference, yeah. that'd be perfect. Wicked. So I think, yeah, so this first one is... Um, I'm working on a project with this guy who I've never even met, but I just thought it was really sick, so I messaged him. But he's called AJ Edward. Um, and yeah, this is something that we made probably like a month ago. Um, not yet released, but hopefully it'll come out soon. Um, and yeah, it's called um, Long Drives and Green Eyes. It's sort of a bit of a lo-fi um, nighttime tune, but yeah, it's uh, happy with it.
Boom, really, really good start to the show with that track from Alec. And that was a little collaboration that he did there with AJ Edward, which was, I think, Long Drive, or I can't remember actually, to be honest, but who long cares? Name, long name. That's the one. And um, tell me a bit more about this track. So you just said, though, before the track that you hadn't actually met AJ Edward before. So how did, how did you go about collaborating with someone? First, you didn't know, but also, obviously, you knew a bit about his style of music. How, how was that? It's such an intriguing concept to me. Um, so I, like the sort of house that, that I make and like the, the world that I exist in is weirdly, really, really big on YouTube. Um, and there's a lot of YouTube channels that upload house music that are really popular and sort of like, it's a promotional thing where if you can get your track on there and then loads of people can see it. Blah, blah, blah. And I subscribe to loads of these and what, like one day I was just listening as I often do. And I just heard this guy's track and I just thought it was so sick. Um, it's not really very like famous or anything but I just really loved it um and so I sort of like looked him up and realized he was from the UK and similar age so I thought why not give him a message and see if he's up for for making something and luckily he was and so we've been making like we've probably made four or five tracks so far um it's been fun actually but usually we'll because it's hard to do without um without actually being there so we'll just sort of send parts of the song back and forth to each other and then just work on it and send it back and sort of seems to work quite well actually that's incredible i think it's a really a really good show of like what the technology has on offer at the moment tell me a bit more about the how you two work together in a collaboration especially being distance apart obviously you mentioned a little bit there about how you'd send a little bit off to each other where does the first starting point happen i'm so intrigued about the process behind it because it, it it is difficult and I do think people obviously take it for granted when I'm, and when I see two DJs who have collaborated together I'm always intrigued to see how they can combine to create a really good track yeah I mean after I messaged him um we I think we both like I think as a lot of producers do have a lot of just like rough ideas in the pipeline and we I think we sent a few off to each other and so while like I'd work on his, like, so he'd start something and I'd work on it and then he'd do the same on mine and then we'd send them back. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Splice, but it's like a sampling website. And on there, you, there's a part of it where you can like share projects. So you can actually just log on to it and then like click and open the project and work on it like that. Um, but I've, I've worked with a few people before um, and it's, it is quite hard to find people that, because a lot of the time you'll send something off and then they'll send it back and it's quite awkward because maybe like you don't like it or it's not as good as you thought. And that's happened a lot of times before with um, producers that like, I was really gassed to work with and then I've got it back and it was just a bit like, oh God, like, what do I say? But with him, it's been super easy um, and he's really sick and everything he's done is wicked. Um, and we seem to have similar tastes, so it's gone really well so far. Are you quite good at saying this is terrible to your co-collaborator or are you a little bit of Mr. Nice Guy and try and get it across in a different way. But luckily, I guess with AJ Edward, it's gone better. But with the other examples, you don't have to obviously mention who they were, but was it just something you had to be like, sorry, this is really not working. We're going to have to stop. Or do you try and play it a bit more nicely? I mean, I'm a cool person that finds it really hard to say that. Um, but I, I mean, there's been a few times where I've just sort of had to politely like, maybe be like this is this isn't how I envisaged it because there's a, I can think of a particular tune that like, I'd been working on for ages that I really really liked um and there's an artist who I've listened to for a while 
and I think he started following me on Instagram or something. So I DM'd him and I was like, oh, do you want to like jump on this tune with me? Um, and it just wasn't to be, it just wasn't very good. Um, but uh, yeah, luckily that hasn't happened loads, but that is awkward. And I guess that's the downside of, of doing these things. You never really know if it's going to work out, but um, hopefully uh, we won't have too many of those in the future. Yeah, I'm sure not. I think it will be something you just learn along the way. But I was thinking also what you were saying earlier about YouTube and the fact that you managed to find through this platform on YouTube. Tell me a bit more. Is it the best music platform for you as an upcoming artist or is SoundCloud still quite good just to get your music out there? I would say 100% for the scene that I'm in and that sort of like underground house um, sort of world, YouTube is definitely the one. I mean, there's so much good stuff on there. Um, and like that, th- that was the place where I was getting most of my views and most of my um, sort of attention. Um, but annoyingly, a couple of the channels um, got taken down for, for, I think, some weird copyright issues that they had with like visuals they were putting on. Um, so I lost a lot of, of videos on there, but that is the place. I think that's where a lot of people that are into that sort of thing tend to find their music. And then I guess if it's successful enough, then it'll go on Spotify and stuff like that. But it's YouTube's so good. I've always loved YouTube and um, yeah, that is the one I think for me. I'm the same. I think YouTube, I think for everyone that you know likes to dig for music and for playing in clubs or just for listening in general, YouTube definitely offers the widest breadth, even though the quality of the the digital is always a little bit iffy, it's always quite good. But I was thinking earlier about obviously the first track we've listened to, it was quite a lo-fi, housey sort of beat. Do you try and reflect your, or, or I'll word it differently, but when you were sort of growing up in the last sort of three, four, five years, was lo-fi house something you've always been interested in or do you think it was something you found most intriguing to be involved with as a producer or was it something which yeah came together in a in, a, in the same way yeah do you know, it's, it's such a weird one actually because I was never really like like growing up and stuff I never really listened to a lot of house or techno I still don't really listen to but like sort of electronic music I was I was a massive hip-hop head um and when I was growing up I was always into people like Jay Diller and like Mad Lib and like Pete Rock and all these really sick producers um, which I guess you could sort of relate to like a lo-fi house sort of vibe. But recently in the, in the past sort of two years, um, I've just sort of fallen in love with it. It's really, it's really odd. I guess it's, it's a lot of like, you know, that um, it's a really unique feeling you get when you listen to people like Bicep or people like, I don't know, um, Ross and Friends and people like that. And I sort of, it's almost like I find it, the feeling you get when you listen to that sort of music quite, well, quite interesting and quite hard to describe and I think I've sort of fallen in love with that and I that's what I guess I'm trying to repl- replicate but I don't really know but um yeah I would say it's definitely a newfound um love but I, I yeah it's, it's an odd one I would like to make some hip-hop but I think at the moment the uh the house thing seems to be going quite well so I'm gonna keep going down that route a bit and see where it takes me definitely I think it's good to stick maybe to one thing at a time. It's good that you had, what I really like there is the fact that you had different tastes um, previously. So you had your taste in hip hop and where did it start to evolve towards the housey and lo-fi house um, taste? Was it something which you kind of came across at festivals or was it something which your mates were listening to or yeah, how else was it? Could it have happened? 
I think it might have, I think it was, YouTube was definitely a massive part of it. I think, as everyone knows, you sort of get taken down these rabbit holes when you go on there and you like, you know, the algorithm takes you off in some weird direction. I think it was partly that. But also, I think for a lot of people our age, like, it's quite cliche, but the whole, like, you know, the whole bicep glue thing that's got massive, um, that song just was like so huge for me. And I remember first hearing it and just being like, this is mad. And I think that was one of the tunes that sent me down that path. Um, I think it was at a festival or something that I probably heard it for the first time. Um, but yeah, I just, I'd never really come across that before. And I just got obsessed with it. And then, yeah, YouTube just sort of did the rest. Um, no, exactly. I was pretty similar as well. I think festivals, clubs, if we're lucky enough to go back to them um, sooner rather than later, they, I, they allow you to experience music as it should be, which I think is with, loads of people on a similar wavelength really enjoying the music in the moment do you want your music hopefully to be played out in those sort of environments or do you not really mind where they're played out yeah no I'd, I'd love that of course and I've like I've seen the odd video of someone like spinning one of my tunes which is really surreal and really cool um but yeah no I'd love that I'm, I'm working on a lot of like um slightly funkier um more dancey stuff at the moment um, so that will definitely be one for that. But I've, uh, I've, I'm luckily managed to get a few things um, in the diary. So hopefully I'll be able to spin some of my own tunes. But um, yeah, we'll see how that goes down. I think I'll probably bottle it and decide not to at the last minute. But um, yeah, let's hope that let's hope you don't bottle it. That'll be quite exciting little one. But either way, before we talk a bit more, let's hear your second track and uh, tell us a little bit more about it. So I think the second one, yeah, so the second one actually is um, also unreleased. And this is something that I've made in the past two weeks since I've been in lockdown. Um, yeah, and it's called, uh, it's called Time Never Mad. Um, and it's a similar vibe. It's sort of like uh, quite tacky, but lo-fi house sort of thing. And yeah, hopefully uh, you enjoy it.
Yes, yes, yes. That was Time Never Mattered by Shaolin Cowboy. Hopefully the first of many more we'll hear. There's a few on Spotify, aren't there, Alec? Tell me a bit more about those ones up already on Spotify that people can listen to in their day-to-day lives. Um, yeah, there's a few, there's a, there's quite a bit of stuff up there, actually. I'm, I was lucky enough to have a few um, labels asked to put some things up. Um, but weirdly, I mean, I always talk about this with friends. Like, I'm, I think a lot of artists probably feel the same, but I'm the sort of person that, like, just really doesn't like anything that I've not made really recently. Like, I think there's a lot of... Um, artists that will vouch for that but um you tend to look at yourself quite i don't know you you do you underestimate yourself but there is there's some stuff on there um which is nice there's some some jazzy stuff which i which i made over the last lockdown which is um you can listen to and then um there's two other maybe three other eps actually which are from almost a year ago actually um but yeah go and have a listen (laughs) get my views up yeah, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully they'll keep racking up. But um, I was just thinking there when you were saying how people who have made their tracks start to dislike the ones from a distance ago. I was just thinking about an interview Midland did, or I think it was yeah, a video interview, and he just said how he's obviously fed up of being asked to play final credits. And I think obviously I would probably agree with him. That it's not a surprise, but. I was thinking for you, uh, do you get a bit fed up with the tracks occasionally because you've listened to them fragment by fragment and eventually listened to the whole thing and unpick it? Is it something which makes you lose your love for the track or are you quite happy with it once it gets out onto the platforms and people listen to it? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's, it's in, it does get incredibly annoying having to listen to like the same four-bar loop for like five hours. Um, and like I do see how artists like Midland and I'm sure like there are a lot of other artists that are the same. Like I'm sure Bicep get quite fed up of feeling like they have to play glue the whole time and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I definitely do feel like that. I think it's partly because as an, I think you feel like you're always getting better. And so you look at the stuff you made previously as like, oh God, that was, that really wasn't my best. That was so long ago. Like I've got so much better. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like that. And my friends are always like, you shouldn't like, they're decent. Like you shouldn't feel like that, but it's hard not to. Um, but yeah, no, once, once stuff, once stuff does get finished, I am happy with it. But then I'm like, as you say, constantly listening to it, trying to like figure out how I can make it better. And then you do the the love for it does slowly drain away (laughs) after like a few days. Um, but no, it's not that bad. I do enjoy the tracks that I've made. Um, and hopefully I'll continue to. We have a big question, but I was thinking what really for you, just basing on your self judgment, like what do you think makes it, what's the most important aspect an artist needs to be able just to create good tracks? Do you think it's concentration and being really able to get diligent with your work or is it something about just a natural rhythm, being able to create the right sort of loops and, and melodies that can create an, an absolute heater? Oh, I think, I think a, like a massive part of like being able to make tunes is, is just having like a, just a good, just a love for music and a good ear for it and knowing a lot of different genres and stuff like that. Cause you, you, although it may not be obvious that like you do find yourself like going back to different types of music and like taking inspiration from those. Um, and obviously like, yeah, you, like being diligent I've, is super important. Like I didn't, I wasn't really like when I first started making tunes, I just sort of do one in a couple of hours and then I'll be like, yeah, that's good enough. Like whatever. But as you sort of grow and you realize how important, like, 
sound design is and like making sure all the levels are perfect then yeah that becomes really important and i think that gets more frustrating as you get a better understanding of of like music and realizing like why one song is so much better than the other because of like the sound design or the quality and but yeah there's so that yeah i'd agree with you on that one i was just thinking about um how you're learning to use all the different softwares and hardwares and and listening to a few other people who like you've been doing collaborations and stuff is there anyone you look to or ask for advice for on production or is it something you've been on your own in terms of the music production journey that you're on so far um i would say like as as cliche as it is like youtube tutorials um are so good and there's some really really good people doing them that are really easy to understand and interesting and that was a, that was a big thing for me i still watch a lot now um but i also think like i'm never like you should never be scared to just dm people or email people and ask like a lot of times i've dm'd artists who i really like and ask them like sort of what hardware do they use or like how do you make this sound like this and everyone's everyone does give you a response and it's really nice but yeah i do do that a lot which i find really helpful especially if there's someone that i look up to a lot um but yeah no that is important i think i agree i was just thinking also today we're listening to obviously a lot of your unreleased stuff but also some remixes in the next few tracks as well I was just wondering, do you prefer remixes to your own productions? Is there a different way of going about it? Or is it something you just look at completely separately? Um, to be honest, with that that remix that we're going to play in a bit, is, I think it's the, the only one I've done that I can think of. Um, I know actually, I know that's the second one I've done, but the first sort of proper, like official. Um, and it was, quite a, it was quite a weird process. It was almost more like, rather than starting from from blank and sort of building something it's almost like a puzzle where you've got to try and make these bits work in a different way and like be creative with it but also make it sound good it was really interesting to me to do it um and I also felt quite pressured because of the person I was doing it for is like is like one of the biggest artists in like the whole scene um and yeah I went it took me ages and I went through a lot of different ideas but it was really fun actually I really enjoyed it and I guess part of me like what I was saying before about not liking your own stuff I think I found it easier to like this one because like the basis of it wasn't mine. So like I just found it easier to actually appreciate it, which was nice. But um, yeah, hopefully it goes down well. And uh, I think it's, I think it's coming out quite soon. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. No, it's exciting. And obviously we'll listen to it later as well. So people get a little sneak peek into that. I was just thinking also, you were just talking about how you found it easier to like something which was on the basis, actually not your own production. Is that just, do you think you are quite a modest person in comparison to some of your mates? Or do you think that's just because you're always trying to pick pockets or sorry, pick holes in your production and trying to make it the best possible track um, for when you release it? Yeah, and I think both of those two things, I'm definitely trying to be super like self-critical just to make sure it's better. But also I feel like a lot of the time I'm not as confident as I should be when it comes to making stuff. Um, But luckily a lot of my friends you know will tell me that it's good and not to worry about it but I think that's also important I think that's probably what makes a fair few people successful is having that um just like being able to be super self-critical and stuff so but um yeah I'd, I'd love to be a bit more appreciative of my own stuff but I guess that's the way it is um yeah I was just thinking so you're not university so how was it 
leaving school and being being like this is exactly what I want to do or was it something which you came about suddenly after school you wanted to perhaps go to university and study or did you yeah was it a weird realization or a slightly scary realization that this is exactly what you wanted to do or is it something which for now is just for fun do you know what? when I when I left school uh, at the point of me I, I, I don't think I'd even considered like producing music I think that only came about like just after I'd left and I, I you know I never really wanted to go to uni I always wanted to sort of get into work um and I I was sort of finding it hard to like like seeing all my friends go off and like have these really sick times um and then this sort of music thing came about like probably half a year into me being out of school and really saved me in a way because it gave me something to like concentrate on and like like think like some sort of hope that there might be some sort of like good career for me out, out there um but yeah no ever since then it's been really sick and it really does help me out um having something to do that you love so much and hopefully one day I can try and make a career out of it but obviously that's a lot harder than it seems um but yeah who knows who knows I agree it's something really applaudable for people around our age who are used to being funneled into one way of life, which is, which obviously a lot of people are suited to, which is to go to university, study, do something they semi enjoy. And I have to admit, it's really good that you're pursuing something which you love. So it's always to be applauded. But on light of that, I want you to introduce your third track for everyone, which is, I hope that everyone listening finds just as enjoyable as I did. Thank you. Yeah, this, this one, I, this one's the only one that's actually out. And I put this up like yesterday um sort of sort of in preparation for this because I thought maybe like at least one of the things that I play should be like findable somewhere um but yeah this is just an edit I made of a tune called uh it's called make you feel I can't I can't even remember who made it just one of those sort of like pop new soul sort of pop artists but yeah it's like a sort of 140 garagey edit so um yeah hopefully hopefully you enjoy it and it's up on SoundCloud as well I can 
That was a little remix from Alec there, also, or Shaolin Cowboy, as those want to know him by, out on the uh, the club scene and the music scene. That was a make you feel edit, and um, had some nice breaks thrown in there. Uh, tell me a bit more about trying to make breaks in production. I feel like, from what I've heard from other people, it's quite difficult to do. Or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, we're like obviously, I think to. to- most of the time to get the sound that classic sort of breakbeat sound you, you're going to be sampling like old funk breaks or like jungle breaks maybe um and yeah i mean it's it's easy to find them but it's hard to sort of make them sound your own and make them sound as like textured as you want um but yeah i've got a really weird obsession with them now and i just sort of seem to chuck them into everything um uh, but yeah i think that one I, there's a couple of like um, break samples that a lot of people use and I think that was the like the amen or the think or like one of the big ones um, but yeah no they're tricky but I think that's just more from like a sound design point of view um, which I'm also rubbish at so <laughs> yeah but um, no they, they sounded nice on that one I was happy with how they came out yeah I love breakbeat I think it's something which I've come across more in the last year or so and I love hearing them in clubs I just think it gets people's ears attuned a little bit more because it's not obviously your regular four to the floor. And I think it adds a little bit of a harder edge to a track. But um, I was just thinking about how your production goes. Can you play just the piano or are you a man of musical talents from day one? Do you know what? My, my musical talent is is not good. I mean, I, like, I think like everyone, I used to, like I played a few instruments in the past. Like I played the guitar and the bass guitar and stuff. Um, but then like, just through the towel in like a lot of people do, which I massively regret, obviously. Um, but like, then it's weird how you just sort of seem to pick it up as you go along. Um, like first you're sort of trying to like draw in chords and you don't know what you're doing. And then like, you know, a few months down the line, you sort of realize that you actually know a bit of music theory now. And like, But no, I, I can't, I couldn't sit down and play the piano well at all. Um, but I sort of learned what I need to know for what I'm doing. Um, which is quite useful, but I've, I've definitely considered trying to properly learn the piano just because it's cool, <laughs> just above anything else. But um, yeah, I think that's one for the future. Definitely, yeah. It's good to take everything one bit at a time, but it's great that you've got a good musical ear already and obviously the software is incredible. So you can kind of jump around having to learn the piano at the same time. But I was thinking, we haven't talked about your skills as a DJ and obviously that's something you clearly quite enjoy. Tell me a bit more about 
your particular genres that you like to play or not even that more just where you learn and also you can you learn or have you learned to play vinyl as well on vinyl um so yeah so i i only play vinyl i've no i've no idea how to do a cdj i've never even touched one um but i used to so my i used to collect records a lot because of my uncle but just for a listening sort of purpose like we always used to go record shopping together and i'd come back with some really cool stuff and I used to play them to myself. And then I think one day me and my friend thought, like, we both had a sort of fairly decent vinyl collection. We both just thought, why don't we get some decks and try and have some fun? And it just became a thing where we would just, like, do it in our living room uh, and just just mixing all night. And we were obviously really terrible and still, like, I'm not a pro by any means. Um, but, yeah, we used, to, we used to, me and my friend used to mix a lot of UK Garage um, which was a fun period. We used to just go around London, sort of like finding tiny record shops and buying out all their garage. Um, and then bought some house records and bought my own decks. And yeah, since then I've just sort of been doing it for fun. Um, I'm still, I've been probably been doing it for about six or seven months and I'm getting there. I reckon I could probably do a set with minimal errors, um, but there's a long way to go. Like vinyl is pretty tricky. But I would definitely love to learn the CDJs just from like a um, a club point of view where I can just rock up somewhere and, and do a set without having to carry like four bags full of vinyl, you know, and risk like, because it's, it's quite easy to, to mess up a vinyl mix. So I would like to learn CDJs for that, for that purpose. But yeah. It's exciting. I think before we talk about this a little bit more, I've got a few questions on it. Let's hear your fourth track today and tell me a bit more about it. So the fourth track is, I think this is another one. Yes, this is another one that I made with AJ uh, and it's called Down Like That. And it's it's a bit of a breakbeaty vibe that like we were saying before, but um, it's not sort of as hard hitting. It's more of a funky, funky one. So yeah.
So another AJ Edwards Shaolin Cowboy collaboration that was down like that. As you said, there are a few more breaks thrown in there as well. Um, tell me a bit more about Harrison BDP and the potential gig, which hopefully will happen one day. And where is it happening? Yeah, so that was um, it was quite a weird one actually. I'd never met this bloke, but he he was he's a Bristol um, second or third year, and I guess somehow he he. He, I think he'd heard he'd heard of me and then real and then must have gone on like my Instagram and realised that we had like a few mutual friends or whatever and so he got in contact and asked me if I wanted to do it which is obviously sick because Harrison BDP is someone that I really love um, so it's cool to be potentially obviously if it happens going on before him um, but obviously incredibly terrifying as well because <laughs> I'm doing it on vinyl um, and. Yeah, that's a, it's going to be a lot of stage fright there, but um, hopefully it goes well. I'll definitely be practicing for it, but um, yeah, hopefully, it's, hopefully it goes on because I'm I'm not too sure. I think February's looking a little bit sort of fifty fifty at the moment, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm afraid it is, but if it does happen eventually, it's a good little target to set for yourself in order to learn vinyl even more and also build a nice little collection so that your set can go as smoothly as possible. But I was just thinking about. Um, some of the vocals and the samples that you have in your tracks they're always really nice soft female vocals is there a particular draw towards the female side of vocals just because it might suit your style of genre more or is it just a purely by chance and also where do you get the samples from yeah no de- there's definitely a draw towards female vocals especially R&B soul vocals just that sort of world. I'd, just, I'd probably say one of my biggest guilty pleasures is listening to like really corny, like nineties R and B, like people like Alia, or like Brandy, or you know, like Destiny's Child, people like that, or um, even like Sade, and that's a bit more towards the sort of soul side of it, or like Erica Badu. But um, yeah, I tend to use those sort of people because they work really well with that sort of more subtle, like smooth sort of house beat, um, and I just sort of just go on YouTube and try and find some acapellas um, that are as good quality as possible and just go from there really. But yeah, no, I do definitely have a, a slight addiction to using R&B vocals as you can probably tell, but no, it's fun. No, it's great. I think it always brings a little bit of uh, an extra edge to your productions, not just being a nice dreamy lo-fi house beat, which is really good, but obviously you want to try and make things a little bit more different and make your production a bit more exciting. I was just thinking also about going forward. Tell me a bit more about your ambitions as a product, a producer and also as a DJ. Is there anything in line in your in your sights that you want to achieve in the near future? Is it something like getting onto a record label or securing more gigs? Is there something which you're most keen to achieve in the next few months? Yeah, I think it's 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 super hard not to like make your goals always centered around sort of like views or plays or whatever it is when it comes to music but yeah there are definitely a few labels that I'd really like to get on just as like a personal thing um because I love them so much like like shall not fade I don't know if you've heard of them or like um lobster theremin or people like that Mm, Um, yeah they're great yeah I'd love to I'd love to do stuff with them and then I think apart from I apart from that I'd love to just try and if I'm if I do end up playing some some shows I'd love to do something abroad just because I think it would be so hilarious to go out there with like a mate or two and just experience like a really sort of, I've got, I was looking at my Spotify numbers and like it's quite a 
big sort of big portion of them that are from like Eastern Europe and really weird sort of places like Latvia or Estonia. And I think it would just be so hilarious to go out there with a mate or two and play like a show um, just as like a memory. Um, and then maybe I'd quite like to do some stuff with more actual musicians and maybe original vocalists. Like, I don't know if I've got friends that sing, maybe try and use them. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the things that I'd like to do. Well, it's exciting either way, whatever happens in the future. And hopefully things can only get a bit clearer with a vaccine in sight. But it's been a real pleasure having you on, Shaolin Cowboy oh, or Alec. Yeah, it's been really good. It's always good to have another guest on who's doing something um, that they're loving to do. And obviously we've got another track for everyone to listen to. So if you want to introduce this one and um, yeah, we'll leave the show at that. So yeah, this is the um, this is my remix for uh, DJ Paul Boy's new single, which is I think supposed to be coming out at the end of this month or the beginning of December. Um, but yeah, I was really gassed about this one, and uh, I went for again, again went for breakbeat. Um, just was trying to sort of go for that like euphoric '90s rave vibe. Take what I can get If I could rest my head